Welcome in once again, Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athene International. And before we get to our guests, let's talk about commitment, specifically the commitment that myself and Athena International have made to bring you a show on a weekly basis. And I record way ahead of the game because, hey, this is business, right? And business can always bring curveballs, and especially when you're talking about an internet business. You throw in that whole layer of technology on top of things. So I record about four to five months ahead of time. Now, what happens is, is that sometimes the information has to be updated. Things change between the time I record the interview and the time the interview actually airs. Sometimes, not all the time. Well, this week is one of those times. So you're gonna hear our next guest, Christy Genebus, talk about how she's considering running for US Congress. Well, that is now a reality. Christy, in the time between the recording and the airing, did officially announce her run. So I wanted to mention that before you got into the podcast. And let's talk about Christy. She's a teacher, blogger, and of course, candidate for U.S. Congress. And through past challenges, she's chosen to be a positive force in her community and believes connecting with others is more important than competition. Now, if you want some extras from Christy, and I suggest that you do get them because they're very interesting, go to the top of womenreallymeanbusiness.com and check out the Becoming a Patron section. And I'll tell you, you'll help out this podcast and you'll also help out the mission of Athena International by doing so. But without further ado, let's start episode number 62. Welcome to Women Really Mean Business presented by by Athena International, the podcast that tells you the story of how women are impacting business one guest at a time. Now here's your host, Jeff Bolitnikoff, with another successful woman and her unique business journey. Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, and I'm Jeff Blitnikoff, and I have to make a little admission before we start here, that I was trying to record my next guest and Christy Ganibus, I have that right, correct? Ganibus, very good. Ganibus, okay, so this is my day to make a lot of errors, Ganibus. So I was like, and Christy, I have to say personally, thank you very much for putting up with all my faux pas today because I just didn't have my headsets plugged in right, but I was thinking it was my computer and all sorts of other things, so. (laughs) That's okay, that's okay. At least it's something minor and not big. Right, and it just goes to prove that you can do something forever, and I've been doing radio over 30 years and podcasting for a long time as well, and at any rate, you can always make mistakes. But Christy, thank you very much for joining us and welcome to the show. All right, thank you for having me. And I think that you know everything with you seems to come in twos or at least multiples of twos because you have two mm-hmm. daughters, you have two jobs, mm-hmm. you have <laughs> yeah. four degrees, soon to be four degrees, I should say. You have a bachelor's <laughs> yeah. and a master's, you have a K-12 principal certica- certification, and then also you're mm-hmm. working on your doctorate. You're very involved in the Erie community. You were just named an Erie Reader mm-hmm. 40 Under 40, and... Wow. And you're an influencer in this area. You're definitely an influencer on me as well because of your blog. And I know a lot of people follow you. But so that's a brief on your bio. But as frequent listeners to this podcast know, I love to have my guest 
fully expand on what they have going on. And also, if that's not enough, you're also a cancer survivor. So, boy, Christy, right. you, you've packed a lot into your under 40 years, that's for sure. And <laughs> yes. love to hear things from your perspective. Okay. So I actually started doing the blog more so that the past few years I've been so heavily involved in getting these degrees and kind of working on my own. And it's kind of lonely. Uh, going to school is something I love to do, but you know, when you're stuck inside your house or you go to the library or you go to a cafe and you're working with your headset on and you're just trying to get things done, I started to realize I kind of like closed myself off from a lot of people. And I really wanted to be able to get back out into the community and to find joy in that again and make it meaningful. And so I thought a great idea would be to take, you know, my skills of writing and my passion for being involved and being with other people and turn it into a blog. I did not know. Everyone's like, well, what's your topics going to be? And I'm like, I don't really want to pick one thing because I just feel like there's so many things I'm passionate about. I wasn't really wanting to set just one tone for my blog. So and if you read it, you'll see that it, you know, it varies in topic from cancer survival to getting out there and voting to the different events here in Erie. And so I just really wanted to focus on those things. And I found so much joy in it. And I, I think it's also opened up uh, lots of opportunities for me, like the 40 under 40 and meeting people that are also passionate about the community. And I'm still able to do some of the educational things like, you know, work on my dissertation, but now so many doors have opened and I'm exceptionally grateful. So that's kind of where the blog came from. Well, let's talk about all the education that you've gotten and mm -hmm. what you actually, and I'll say that from you're getting a doctorate in leadership at Ganyan University. So what is your next step? What is next for Christy as far as you progress in kind of putting this all together, right? Because you're an influencer, you have a blog, you have a voice in the community, you're getting a leadership degree. So what do you see the next five to 10 years uh, being for you? I have this, I've heard this quote before, and I know I don't say it exactly correctly, but it's real leaders are not born to lead, they're driven to serve. And I feel like I've kind of lived my whole life that way. And a lot of people say things just like you said, wow, you've really packed a lot into your life in less than 40 years. And that's absolutely true. And I know that I have lots of stories to tell, but I really like taking what I have and being able to relate with the community and find ways to help them. I'm very interested in being active in government and politics. I'm strongly considering running for Congress in the next election. And I, so I think that's kind of where I'd like to take my next step is to use all of my experiences, find a way that I can relate with the community that I live in and near me and ways that I can help and be like a hand in that community things like economic justice, obviously healthcare is something very important to me, somebody that's had cancer. Education is obviously very important to me. And so there's all these topics that have impacted my life that I feel like at this point, I really want to use my PhD leadership degree to continue to serve the community and hopefully be a voice or be a connector to making sure that everybody can be successful. 
What's been eye-opening for you as you've considered this congressional run? Because I've had other people that I've known that have wanted to run for higher office like that, but I've never had the opportunity to really delve in and try to understand the process. So what is involved and what has kind of surprised you as you've considered this congressional run? I think, honestly, the depth and the time that it takes to do something like this really surprised me. As I started exploring this run, I was amazed at how many people I need to connect with. The amount of money that needs to be put into something like this is really difficult, especially if someone like me who's always been in jobs that haven't been exceptionally high paying. You know, I've been a teacher and money has not ever been a huge indicator of success to me. So it's it's very difficult for people, everyday people like me, to run a race like this because you're running against somebody that is just very, very, very wealthy and they already have the money at their disposal and they don't really have to connect with the community. But that's why I think it's so important that the everyday person, the person like me that can be relatable, run for these races so that they can be the connector. But it's amazing to me how important it is to find the funds because in a congressional race, especially somewhere like Pennsylvania, we have large districts. So to be able to reach such a large area, you need to have the money to get a radio ad out there, to to have a billboard, to make sure you're driving down there on the weekends to meet the people, to go to all the events. And so spending a lot of time figuring out how you can make connections with people that care for your cause is so important and so time consuming. And I would say probably the hardest thing, but at the same time, probably one of the most rewarding to see how many people out there are truly passionate just like you are and want to help and do those things. And so I may not be a millionaire, but I'm going to have lots of little donations that are helping me along the way. And a lot of them, whereas somebody that's already very wealthy only gets a small amount of large donations. And I think that speaks volumes. So that's really surprising to me. The process of going through it all, the things that you have to, you know, check off your list. There's a lot to it, but it's, at first, it was kind of scary, and then now I'm just—it's uh, exciting. It's really just exciting. So, well, I, yeah. pre- I appreciate the compliment. Thank you very much. I, uh, <laughs> I definitely caught that, so thank you. But I, <laughs> I tell you that one thing I'd like to jump ahead to right now is mm-hmm. one of our Athena-based questions about women inspiring other women. And I think you're one mm-hmm. of the best role models that we've had on this show. Not that, i tell you what everybody is, though. I mean, the, the, right. the, the guests that we have are dynamic. But one, one angle I wanted to tackle that I don't, think, I don't think I've ever asked this question before, but it's because I'm connected to you on social media and I see this. Mm-hmm. And I see that you are very intentional about providing a very positive role model for your daughters and maybe you, mm-hmm. could, you could talk to that about what kind of leaders you'd like to develop them into what are some things that you think of when it comes to teaching your daughters as they prepare for their work lives someday I think the biggest thing is is competition is not as important as we were taught growing up I just remember and I think probably you and most people remember how much we were forced to think that competition was so important. And I mean, in a healthy way it is, but really when I stopped thinking about competing with others and more about connecting with others, I realized it. I've grown leaps and bounds and I've, I've gotten further than ev- I ever have. So instead of competing, especially with other women, we need to start empowering each other. 
I think that was the biggest thing I've just learned in the past few years. You know, everybody always thinks that you have to be better than the, the woman next to you or the person next to you. And it's just amazing that, that that's not true at all. As soon as you start aligning yourself with those women, both you and whomever you're working with start to exceed beyond what you thought was possible. So I think eliminating the idea that competition is what you need to do and it's more about empowering each other. And even in school now, as a teacher, I see it all the time. And I've, I've seen actually a very positive change, especially with girls and, and, and becoming women, as there's a lot less competition and it seems like a lot more empowerment. I mean, the amount of compliments that I see girls giving other girls has grown significantly. People just being way more positive. And I want to instill that in my my girls as well. And I want them to know that there is nothing that's not possible. And there's nothing that they cannot do that anyone else out there can't do. And as long as they are not afraid to ask for help and to ask for assistance and to be okay saying to somebody, you know more about this, can you please help me or teach me? Then there's, there's nothing that they can't learn or be able to do with the help of others. So it's really just being able to be cooperative, empowering each other, working with others, and you know maintaining that positive outlook that's really going to get them to whatever it is that they want to become, whether it's a teacher or you know my daughter right now wants to be a crime scene investigator and my other daughter wants to be an architect, whatever it is that they decide they want to do, I think as long as they can ask for help, empower others, work with others, that's going to get them to where they need to be. Yeah, it's really all about collaboration these days. It's all about mm-hmm. a lot of people bringing a lot of different skill sets to the table and being able to work on a project. And everybody has a piece of it. And there's no, no one person that's more important than the other. And what they do is they can create something together a lot better than they could create it apart. Is that uh, pretty much the message that you try to impart to those around you? Yeah, absolutely. I, I wouldn't have... I wouldn't be able to do the blog. I wouldn't be able to even complete my PhD if it wasn't for collaboration. I mean, it, you can be alone and research and sit in a room or go to a cafe all you want, but when it gets down to the big projects or the big connections, you have to collaborate and you have to work with others or it, it's just not going to get to where it needs to be to be as successful as it could be. So, absolutely. I know from being a podcaster and somebody that creates content, like you, you create content on your blog, that there's a conscious decision you make to make it one way or the other. So some people have a very host-driven podcast where people really come in for the host. My podcast is really all about the guests. Your blog, and what I'm driving at with this blog, is that you have been intentional about sharing stories of inspiration and hope. That is the direction that you decided on as a way that you are going to connect with people. So maybe talk to me about that. How did you settle on the voice of your blog being about inspiration and hope? What was the why behind that? If you, you know, know anything about me or learn anything about me, I've obviously had some struggles, you know, having cancer, being a person that survived domestic abuse, being a single mother, all things that have been very difficult. And I just know in times of struggle that if it wasn't for the people around me that inspired me to continue, or if it wasn't for looking at my daughters and thinking I have to keep going, I have to 
succeed, I wouldn't be where I'm at now. And I know how important it is to know that others out there struggle and they still come out on top. They still make it through. There's so many hardships that people go through. And if you can turn those hardships into something positive or into a way to motivate you, there's not really going to be much that's going to stop you. And so when I look back at all the things that I have gone through, I think, you know, there's somebody out there that can relate with that. And when I finally started opening up and having this blog and talking about the things that I've gone through and then hearing the feedback from others saying, I did, I went through the same thing. It's so good to hear somebody actually talk about it. And we're, we're kind of in a society that's starting to change that, but we've always been so quiet. And when something bad happens to you, you know, you just, you don't tell everybody about it. You don't say, well, I, this is what I went through. People just say, you should keep that to yourself. And, and really that's so incorrect in a way of healing and, and getting through things. So now that I'm able to see that and I'm able to talk about it and I realize it's actually become a positive thing and it's helped others realize they've gone through the same thing, they can make it too. That's really kind of what's driven me to be that type of blogger to inspire others because I know if it wasn't for people in my life that said, hey, I, you know, just so you know, this is something I went through too and you can get through this, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And I think it's so important to be able to talk about the hardships you've had in life talk about things that inspire you so that you can hopefully inspire others and then they create their own stories as well. All right, usually I give the mic to the guest at the beginning of the podcast and then at the end of the podcast, but I think it's appropriate to give you the mic in the middle of the podcast here. And I really just want you to talk directly to somebody right now that might be struggling. They might be sick. They might be in a bad situation. And maybe hope is kind of fading for them, or maybe it's non-existent. I would just like you to address that person right now and talk to them about whatever you'd like to say. I would just say that illness, injury, hardship, those are not uncommon to me. They're not uncommon to so many people. We're all going to go through something that's exceptionally difficult in our lives. Most people have something monumental in their life that happens, either to them, to someone that they love deeply, and it seems at that time that there's nothing that's going to get you through that. And sometimes it's something even like a divorce or a death or something that feels like it's going to prevent you from continuing on with your life. And we often hear things like time heals everything. And I was once told this great quote that, you know, it's kind of like healing is like physics, time and space. And really, that's, nothing can be more truer than that. If you just give something time and you just give things space and you just surround yourself yourself with things that make you happy or things that bring joy to your life, you can get through anything. And no matter how hard something seems to be, you're going to come out of the other side of that with an understanding that you didn't have before then. You will be able to relate with somebody else that had that deeply painful moment just like you had or that deeply painful event and you'll be able to take that and add that to your bank of things that you know about that you can share that you can be passionate about or that you can use internally to drive you to continue to be successful so if you're out there and you're struggling and you have something bad that has happened to you there's somebody else out there that's going through the same thing and they want to connect and so if you just reach out and give you talk to that person Give yourself time and space, and you'll be able to get through anything. And I, I truly, truly believe that. 
Well, we're going to get into the Athena-based questions in just a second. Actually, we had one of them earlier, but we'll get into the other one in just a second. But before we do that, let's flip around and talk about something happy. And what makes you happy about what you do? Because the one thing that comes through in your social media and your writings and all that stuff is, is that certainly you've had your struggles But the sun is shining. Mm -hmm. When I read your blog and I see your social media, I mean, you don't sugarcoat anything. You know, it's not like rainbows and unicorns and all that stuff. It's real, but it's Mm -hmm. it's positive. It's sunny. It's optimistic. So talk to me about what drives you to have that kind of, I guess, for lack of a better term, glasses half full mentality that you bring Mm -hmm. to everything that you do. I think that. I mean, everybody works differently and everyone perceives success differently. So success in my life is just being able to be connected with other people. And I thoroughly enjoy that. So being able to use my blog as a positive excuse to get out there and meet new people or support local events or connect other people to other people or even just to talk about someone else's story, that is exciting to me. And it, it, and it's almost like I use my blog as my reasoning. Well, if I better go to this really fun event because I have to write about it, but I don't have to, I choose to. And I, I love doing that. I, I love getting out there and seeing all the people that work so hard in our community to make it vi- vibrant and all the different businesses that are starting up and growing and it, it inspires me. You know, I have so many friends that have started businesses here in Erie, and I just look at them in awe at how much work they put in, the events they put on all the time. And I think, wow, I live in an amazing community. And I can't believe it took me this long to get so involved in all the great things happening. There's my more recent blog is, is a play on words that people always joke about here in Erie, that there's nothing to do. And that's so far from the truth. I can't fit all of the things to that I want to do into my schedule. There's multiple things going on every single day, evening, night, and it's put on by people who are so selfless that truly believe in this place. And I, how can you be anything but happy and positive about that? And seeing people out there that have gone through things like me, or even sometimes things that I think are worse than what I've been through and continuing to persevere and push on there's no way that you can be upset or sad about it it's really it's really a glass is half full kind of community in my opinion so that's and that rubs off so let's talk about the eight athena leadership principles from the book becoming athena (laughs) eight principles to enlighten leadership by athena international founder martha mertz and i swear and, and i say this so many times on this podcast that i don't purposely talk to somebody beforehand and give them their principle to comment on. It's totally random, but every single time, it's like the perfect thing for the guest to comment on. Yours is Mm -hmm. building relationships, which again, out of the eight Mm -hmm. principles, I mean, you fit all of them, but boy, that is one that is the perfect one for you to comment on. So what does that mean to you, Christy? Building relationships, I mean, if you look at the Athena principles, they talk about genuinely connecting with those around you. And I think, honestly, that one is one of my favorites and because I think it plays into all the other ones as well, like living authentically, learning constantly. Because when you build relationships, you're always learning. You 
And when you're truly authentically yourself, you get their authentic self as well. You're the bond that you create with these people. I I've created a network of people that I truly care about and I love. And that's made me even more invested in this community because of how much I care about what they do. I love who they are. I love their productivity to the community. And again, collaborating and trusting each other. I just even recently, you know, with this exploratory congressional run, I've met people that are just so kind, so respectful, and and so giving of their time to me. I, I didn't know that was even possible until I started to really reach out and start to build these relationships. And also, you know, being able to incorporate that into my blog has been, has been amazing. So I think for me, building relationships is exceptionally important. And, you know, they always that saying it's all on who you know. And that, and sometimes that gets twisted in a bad light, but really it's, it's a great thing because the more people you know, the more you can, again, ask for help, ask to collaborate, ask what can I do to do this better? Or how can I help you? And so building the relationships helps you be a better leader, helps you be somebody that you can uh, be a good connector. And I think obviously somebody that can impact the community in a good way. All right. Some resources. Let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. I will definitely suggest that people go to beyondchristy.com and you spell your name K-R-I-S-T-Y. So Mm -hmm. it's beyondchristy.com. Check it out ASAP. In fact, I am even giving you permission to pause this podcast right now while you read some of those great blog posts. But Christy, what are some other resources that you might suggest that people could plug into? Obviously, I'm a huge proponent of social media. Like you just said, when people say there's nothing to do, I'm getting on social media and even if typing in keywords, you'll start to see organizations pop up. If you type in leadership, you know, Athena pops up in all the different areas that there's a places that you can go for Athena, you know, workshops or connecting that way. Or if you just need something to do, clicking on events near me, you see all these things come up, which are great resources when it comes to building relationships or connecting in your community. So I use social media regularly to stay connected. I also really just rely on my colleagues and asking them for resources as well, and they're able to direct me. But again, I fall back on just, you know, we're we're, a lot of us are millennials are close to a millennial type person and we all look for things online. So we rely a lot on social media and, you know, social media can be really difficult because it's, there's so many people connecting and it's so easy to get sucked into things that could be negative. But I think if you remain positive and you use social media positively, it's a fantastic resource to connect with things like, you know, Athena. I found when I was going through like my domestic abuse situation online. I saw somebody write about how great SafeNet was and I was like, wow. And I I clicked on it. Then I went to the website and that's how I found out about SafeNet. So I really fall back on social media being one of those connectors. Well, it's great advice, definitely. And, you know, I hadn't even thought of using social media in that way because you can just put, like you said, keywords in and find all sorts of great things to connect to, whether it's an event or like you were saying something that you might need help with and you know an organization might need help from so again that's great advice so christy we're gonna turn the mic over to you once again for the third time and uh like to give you the opportunity to address our audience and talk to them with anything that you would like to talk to them about as we end this podcast the floor is yours okay 
Well, I guess I would just say that there are people out there that are have similar situations as you, and it can be helpful. And I think really just connecting with other people is monumental and getting involved in your community. And that doesn't mean that you have to be somebody that starts a blog or that is always out in the spotlight. There are so many ways to be connected in your community that don't involve you being in the spotlight, that may be just attending things or going to different events or, you know, even shopping local more than you have before. So I really would love to see the community just be more involved in what's going on and using their power of choice. You make a choice every time you like something on social media. You make a choice every time you purchase something at the store and you make a choice with your words and how you talk to other people and whether you empower them or not. So starting to make more positive choices, showing up, you don't have to be the loudest person in the room. Your choice of showing up is already the most positive thing that you can do. So just being an active community member. And one of the things, obviously, that's very important to me is government and using your choice to make sure that you do things like voting. So vote every time you buy something. You vote every time you show up, and you certainly vote every time you go into a poll and you you click that button. So just being active, being active in your life, and I think – you'll find connections to a more positive and fulfilling fulfilling future and and a happier life in general. Well, check out her blog, beyondchristy.com. And Christy, thank you so much for all your time. And thanks for all your flexibility today as I I had my self-induced technical problems. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, of course. Anytime, because we all make mistakes, and I'm certain I've made some silly ones as well. All right. Well, thanks again. All right. Thank you so much. On the next episode of Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, Catherine Halpin helps companies increase their value by facilitating a process that allows them to gain better results by involving all layers of the organization. She teaches us that technology has made us reactive and helps us get back to being proactive, which is so important for success. Here's a little bit from Catherine. In 2009, the iPhone was invented, and then shortly after that, the smartphone. And I really think corporate America kind of went to a hell in a handbasket at that time. Everybody's now an addict, and it's no different than being a cocaine addict or an alcoholic. We're addicted to these devices, and in meetings, we're not present, and, and we're not giving ourselves time to prepare for meetings. Please go to womenreallymeanbusiness.com and go to the Grow the Show section. If you did even one of the four things on that page, it would help us immensely. And we thank you in advance.